Welcome back, everyone. This is Sam. And this is Corrine, and we are two Onk Dogs. So again, guys, July is Sarcoma Awareness Month, and I am a sarcoma specialist, so these episodes are near and dear to my heart and my patient population. And this week's episode, we're going to be focusing on three bone sarcomas. We're going to go into the important details on the diagnosis, the staging, and some treatment on these bone sarcomas. And just like soft tissue sarcomas, again, these are very rare tumors. They are 1% of all adult cancers. They have multiple subtypes. But for whatever reason, the boards love to test on them. So rumor has that there is six to eight questions of sarcomas on the boards most years. Absolutely. And so to start us off, what are the most common bone sarcomas? Most common bone sarcoma is osteosarcoma. These arise in a bone bimodal distribution with 60% occurring in childhood between the ages of 10 to 20. Again, it does cover a little AYA, so we do see them in the adult clinics, and a smaller peak that occurs later in life between the ages of 60 and 80 years old. And so how are osteosarcomas diagnosed and staged? So they usually present as a hard mass. Think about osteosarcoma. They lay down abnormal bone cells. So these are highly calcified hard tumors. And so you can usually palpate them. If they show you an x-ray on your boards, it's going to show you lytic and blastic features as well as the periosteal reaction called Codman's triangle or ossification that looks like that sunbursting. So Dr. Google, Codman's triangle and sunbursting. So if they give you a picture, you already know what you're dealing with. Again, we do need core needle biopsies for all sarcomas. Osteosarcoma is the same or an excisional or incisional biopsy. FNA is not good enough. We also need to have these biopsies done by a trained sarcoma expert because when they go in for resection, they have to take out that biopsy track. Staging, which will include an MRI of the primary location, as well as a CT of the chest, because again, sarcomas, they travel through the blood and they like to go to the lungs, as well as a bone scan, because osteosarcomas can cause skip mets along the bones. So we got to check bones and lungs as they're completing our staging. And so what are prognostic factors for osteosarcomas? There's a couple that I think we should be aware of. One is the grade. So in sarcomas in general, we talk about grade and size. So low grade is a better prognosis than high grade. So low grade, we treat differently than high grade sarcomas, osteosarcomas as well. The size, so greater than or less than five centimeters. And interesting to osteosarcomas, the response to preoperative chemotherapy does tell us prognosis. And so if there is greater than 90% necrosis seen on surgery, surgical pathology after three cycles of chemo, which we'll go over, there is the highest relapse-free survival for those patients. So you want a lot of necrosis, meaning that there is good response to chemo. Yeah, that is definitely good to know. And so how do we treat localized osteosarcomas? Resection alone in high-grade osteosarcomas has a cure rate of only about 20%. So we add in neoadjuvant and or adjuvant chemotherapy, and that has improved our cure rates to 60 to 80%, high-yield stuff. If there's a low-grade osteosarcoma, you can actually treat with surgery alone. But the majority are high-grade osteosarcomas, and so we treat them with chemotherapy as well as surgery. And the chemotherapy that we use is three cycles of, this is what I do, neoadjuvant, doxorubicin, plus cisplatin, 
Then we do surgery. Again, limb sparing is where we go for, if possible, followed by three cycles of adjuvant doxorubicin plus cisplatin. High-dose methotrexate can be added to the doxorubicin cisplatin in younger patients with good kidney function. Typically, this is in the pediatric realm, and sometimes I do it for my young patients, but when they really get into the adult, we have good data saying dox plus cis is equivocal with less toxicity. There was a negative trial of switching chemo on the back end if there was less than 90% necrosis. What we thought was if we didn't get that 90% necrosis with doxorubicin plus cisplatin before surgery, what if we changed to doxorubicin plus iphosphamide after surgery? It was negative. So I do doxorubicin plus cisplatin three cycles, surgery, doxorubicin plus cisplatin on the back end. Absolutely. And so how do we treat metastatic osteosarcomas? So first-line chemotherapy is doxorubicin-based if it has not already been given. Second-line chemotherapy for metastatic osteosarcomas is iphosphamide with or without atopicide, which has a response rate of about 50 to 60%. If there is a limited number and location of metastatic lung mets, you can consider resection of these lung mets for possible cure. A second bone sarcoma I think we should talk about is Ewing sarcoma. And so how do these present and how do we treat localized Ewing sarcoma? Exactly. So Ewing sarcoma, you guys probably are ringing some bells if you did pediatric rotations in med school as well as studying for step one. This is a more common sarcoma in kids, but it can happen in adults. If they show you an x-ray or a CT scan, they're going to show you an infiltrative pattern looking like onion skinning. So again, Dr. Google what these look like because these are x-rays that they can show you on board's day. And for localized Ewing's treatment, we talk about preoperative and adjuvant chemotherapy with the multi-drug regimen of cyclophosphamide, doxorubicin, vincristine, and we alternate that with iphosphamide plus etoposide, a lot of chemo. So this is called VACIE. We go for a total of 12 to 14 cycles of chemotherapy, and it's divided before and after local therapy. What I do is I give six cycles up front, then we take a pause, we do local therapy, and six to eight cycles afterwards. With the doxorubicin, you're going to probably get closer to the lifetime cap or hit the lifetime cap with all this chemotherapy. So we replace doxorubicin with actinomycin D once the lifetime cap of 450 milligrams per meter squared is reached for doxorubicin, that lifetime cap. You switch to actinomycin D. Radiation can be used as local treatment if surgery is not feasible. Yeah, so it's a really long, intensive chemo regimen that is used in Ewing's treatment. And then how do we treat metastatic Ewing's? So same, same, upfront chemotherapy. We talk about VACIE that's not already been given or if they were metastatic at diagnosis. Second line chemotherapy regimens, we talk about topotecan inhibitors with combinations. So temidar plus arinotecan is one combination, as well as topotecan plus cyclophosphamide. Again, you can consider radiation for metastatic lesions in Ewing sarcoma. And then lastly, how do we treat chondrosarcomas? 
So chondrosarcoma is going to be the last bone sarcoma that we talk about. And so again, if they show you an x-ray, they're going to show you bony destruction and calcifications. It's going to look multinodular with scalloped edging. The treatment for most chondrosarcomas is surgery alone. These are very chemo-resistant and radiation-resistant tumors. If they're metastatic, we do have a few options, and so we need to be checking for IDH1 mutations because we can use ivacitinib, similar to other tumors with IDH1 mutations. We can utilize TKIs, so pazopinib, again, kind of a catch-all drug. If it's not liposarcoma, you can try pazopinib. Another TKI is dasatinib. If it's D-differentiated chondrosarcoma, you can use an osteosarcoma chemoregimen. If it's a mesenchymal chondrosarcoma, you can use a Ewing's chemotherapy regimen. Yes, I do think we had a question on D-differentiated chondrosarcoma about using those doxorubicin-based chemos like an osteosarcoma. And so that was a really great overview, again, condensing a lot of information in a short episode. So what are our key takeaways? So our key takeaways for bone sarcomas, we covered three. So osteosarcoma first. If it is low grade, you can treat with surgery alone, but majority are high grade. So the treatment of high grade osteosarcoma is chemotherapy first. And this was a test question on one of our ITs with doxorubicin plus cisplatin plus minus methotrexate if they're young and have good kidney function. Surgery then three cycles of doxorubicin cisplatin with or without methotrexate on the back end. We're going for that 90% necrosis on the surgical pathology. So that's our gold standard to have the best responses and prognosis overall. Ewing sarcoma, again, that's at translocation 1122. It's the EWSR1 FLY1 fusion. We utilize multi-agent chemotherapy. This is VAC alternating with IE for 12 to 14 cycles total with a break in the middle for local therapy. That can be surgery or radiation, and then you pick back up chemo on the back end. The last bone sarcoma we talked about is chondrosarcomas. Surgery, 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 because these are very chemo-resistant and radiation-resistant tumors. If they're metastatic, we can talk about TKI use, such as pazopinib or dasatinib. Check for the IDH1 mutation to see if we can use ivacitinib. And also be aware that if it is D-differentiated, we use osteosarcoma regimen. If it's mesenchymal, we talk about a Ewing's-like regimen. Well, as always, thank you for listening. Uh, Good luck with your studying and please reach out to us with corrections or comments on our Instagram or Twitter to OncDocs. And then next week we will be covering polycythemia vera back into some malignant hematology. Have a great week, guys.